1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be listening. Welcome to another episode of A Change in Attitude, a modern look back at the Attitude era of what is now WWE, at the time WWF. I am your host this morning, or whenever you're listening, or either draw, and always along with me on this journey is the one, the only, the
2: incomparable Mags. How are you, sir? Kablam. I'm good. Good. Yep, just right. had a an interesting weekend off um, from creating content. Spent some quality time with with the family, so yeah, I'm raring to get back in the saddle because I prefer to create podcasts and speak to the wife, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I found it quite odd. I'm like you, all- the podfather allows himself a week off. What is this nonsense you speak of? <laughs>
2: Not a week, just three days probably. Oh, three no, oh
1: okay. So you, you allow yourself <laughs> three days is the maximum.
2: I'll be back in the saddle tomorrow.
1: <laughs> so so two and a half days, three days is kind of the limit, then you've yeah. got to get back into it.
2: Yeah, I get I get the rattle start shaking. I need to no, get, I get that
1: because when when you're kind of on a roll, it's easier to continue mm. to create. And if you take that break. Like, I remember when we had the hurricane and lost power and I was gone for like a week or two or something like that. We had taken a couple weeks off trying to play catch up and this, that, and the other. And it was just like, ugh, trying to get back into the swing of things is always kind of rough. So you kind of just have to push mm-hmm. through. So I, I get what you're saying, you know, about yeah, the th- the three-day limit.
2: Yeah, for me, it's more the losing momentum Cause you yeah. get on a you get on a roll of and you get like your schedule going and you and you you know uh when you're recording what you're recording about and then you take some time off and it's almost like you forget what you're doing and you've gotta yeah. slowly ease your way back in. Uh but yeah, I'm doing this uh in context on, on Sunday and then it'll be all all hands to the pump tomorrow for, for chain wrestling live again. So yep. There you go. Back on it.
1: And our other host this week you guys met him last week i'm getting to really meet him for the first time along with us is danny the scottish juggalo how are you today sir
3: hello everyone thank you for having me on for a second week i hope it goes as good as last week
1: <laughs> i'm i'm excited it's always fun to get a fresh perspective. Not that I don't miss our buddy Tanner. I don't. (gasps) You know, we give Tanner a lot of grief, but we really like Tanner. And but he's got Mm. so much on his plate. I tolerate Tanner. Be nice,
2: Mags. (laughs) I do love nice. Tanner, he's awesome
1: We really do And so he's got a lot on his plate right now And he'll be back with us soon So you guys, just really quick Since I wasn't here last week Give me a quick synopsis of your thoughts On Survivor Series 96 And then I'll give my thoughts And then we'll get into the Raw afterwards Danny, We didn't,
2: wa- you we didn't watch it we didn't watch Survivor Series 96 I don't know what you're talking about You didn't watch it at all? i wish i didn't that's like two hours 54 minutes i won't get back
3: yeah i'm just really i kind of wish yeah yeah i've kind of wish i um didn't watch that either but um as i said last week there were three good highlights that i'm glad i saw yeah
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. You know, the first hour and a half of this show, like it took an hour and a half before we even got to Stone Cold versus Brett, which was fine. But that felt like literally the longest hour and a half of my life. There were a couple of little bright spots here and there that were pretty good. Um, First of all, take her flying in with the batwing cape. (laughs) I don't know why, but I was like, this is stupid and ridiculous and amazing all at the same time. I will say I like the updated look for Taker versus the older black and purple, the gloves, the whole nine yards. I'm not sure about the mimic teardrop tattoo thing on the face I, I, I don't i know where they're trying to go with that but at the same time i don't think i completely like it but that was just ridiculous and yeah just the longest hour and a half ever and then we finally get to stone cold versus brett and it picked up a little bit and then it seemed to cool off vince mcmahon is still going with this Donnie brook thing like the thing that gets me, I get where he's coming from. I understand the meaning behind a Donnie Brook, but at the same time, it's it's very. My head goes into a very mean girl space where it's like, stop trying to make Donnie Brook happen. It's never going to happen. Like every time I hear that, and I think I heard somebody recently, either in WWE or AEW, use it, and I was just, I had to just groan. It was just painful to hear. I don't know why, but I don't like. I guess maybe because if you don't know the context of what a Donnybrook is, it doesn't make any sense. And I guess and most people are not going to go, what the frack is a
3: Donnybrook?
1: You know, especially from an American perspective. I don't don't think we know what it is. You don't? Nothing. Seriously? Wasn't it you that told me? (laughs) Or was it Tanner?
2: It it may have been. I mean, I may have looked it up at the time on Google, but... Uh, when I get new information, it pushes old information out. You know, so well, I that makes sense.
1: I, I get the I get the feeling there. From what I understand, it's some type of, it's a town called Donnybrook, and they would have like a festival every year, and it would just break out in fights for oh, all in good fun.
2: No? This is definitely not something I have told you. That this must be a tanner. Uh, but yeah, it, it says it, it, a, a Donnybrook fair is a notoriously disorderly event held annually um in the town of Donnybrook, yeah
1: yeah and they would break out in fights a for the fun of fights or to settle disputes or whatever and then Mm -hmm. after it was all over and done with it was fine and then at one point it was starting to get too violent too crazy they had to shut it down altogether so it's not really a thing anymore so it's like i get where he's trying to go with it but it just stop trying to make Donny Brook happen. It's never gonna work. It's never gonna work.
2: It's not fetch. Stop trying to make exactly. fetch a thing.
1: Exactly. It's not a thing. Cut it out.
3: We, we we um we hear a lot of uh American uh we learn a lot of American um words like one of the biggest ones I remember as a teenager watching WWE was um going postal and I'd never I don't think we use yeah, that over exactly. here at all. But um then when you look that up it's pretty Pretty dark uh meaning behind yeah, that, it
2: yeah. It's like going on a, a mass shooting rampage in it, going postal, basically. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah And yeah. Uh, Michael Cole,
3: I used to hear Michael Cole say Brock Lesnar's going postal in the ring, and then I was thinking, what is that? And then years later, <laughs> you look it up, and it's—I don't think he was doing that, but
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I, it's basically you just have an entire mental break and just start throwing hands or shooting bullets and it's, it's very yes. terrible. Um, and then we had the poor Spanish announcer. They got trapped under uh, Brett and stone cold. Mm-hmm. I felt horrible for that guy. Uh, it, I was surprised. I will say I was kind of surprised with Brett winning Although the more I think about it, I'm also not surprised because there's kind of this dichotomy of, well, Stone Cold is king of the ring. He's been on what they call a massive winning streak. But at the same time, he hasn't been featured quite as much as we would have expected for someone who did win king of the ring. And then on the other hand... You've got Brett the Hitman Hart, who's been gone for, what, five, six, seven, eight months now, however long it was, and he's making his return. And so I thought it was very interesting the way it played out. I thought it was a decent match. Um, And then we get this other Survivor Series match that's thrown together, like trying to nail Jell-O to the wall, with the brand-new Nation of Domination, Mm quote-unquote Razor and Diesel and Vader, None of which makes any sense whatsoever to put those people together. And then we get Savio Vega, Yokozuna, Flash Funk, which I thought it was the Godfather at first. <laughs> I was like, who the frack is this? I'm that, like, I don't think the Godfather came in this early.
2: That's about 18 months down the line yet.
1: Right. Um, But apparently we're getting, you know, I guess it's uh, Godfather version 1.0 before they rebranded it or something. And then we get Jimmy Snuka out of nowhere, which I guess that's kind of your feel good moment. You know, Uh, I don't know. It was fine. It was whatever. Although I will say I noticed something interesting when Yokozuna made his entrance to the ring. There was a guy right around the barricade that kind of hopped up and patted Yokozuna on the back. And I swear to God, it looked just like Dave Meltzer.
2: I would not be surprised. I was like,
1: is that Meltzer? It it just kind (laughs) of threw me off a little bit. And then finally after that, we finally get Sid versus Shawn Michaels. I was a little surprised to see them put the belt on Sid Um, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I like the way that they played everything that happened in that match uh, in this episode that we're about to talk about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It really was a long two hour, 45 minute show it really really was like i found myself continuously pausing or bringing up the the time counter to see how far in we were because it really
2: felt like it dragged i, I swear that clock's gone backwards
1: right it literally felt that way like i had a really hard time keeping up and yeah. staying interested and invested and I don't know. I'm I'll put it this way. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we're past it. <laughs> let's let's move on. So this week we're we're covering the raw after survivor series in New Haven, Connecticut, November 18th, 1996 on the Peacock if you're following along with us. This will be season 4, episode 45, and we start right at the top of the show with stone cold Steve Austin coming out. We didn't even get any um raw title cards music anything like that they went immediately into the show um which is more of a modern thing that we see on occasion and i kind of appreciated it um and right after stone cold comes out mankind runs in immediately starts attacking him they're apparently they've got a match but they're fighting all the way around ringside. And it's probably almost five minutes worth of fighting around ringside before we ever get them in the ring Mm -hmm. to actually start the match. And I will say that this felt like a much more exciting start to Raw than the majority of the Raws that we've covered thus far.
2: Yeah, I I have to agree. And um, if I remember right, and I think they mentioned it on the show, Austin was actually meant to face Vader uh, in the go-home Raw to Survivor Series. Um, I think it's Jim Ross who who mentioned he was at Survivor Series for Bret Hart, and then he would face Vader the very next night. Uh, Vader got injured in that Survivor Series match when uh, I think it was Yokozuna kind of gave him a a, a side slam slash rock bottom, and and, uh, his shoulder uh, popped out of socket. Um, But yeah, this this leads to this match. Uh, And I'm glad, really, because I think that this was way better match than we would have got out of Austin versus Vader. Uh these two uh all the way through the next five years of wrestling will always have good matches. Um they they just have instant chemistry, I think. Um and it's brutal, both, know that they can kind of push each other uh, further than they, they they can with maybe uh, um, many of the other wrestlers. But yeah, it, it was it was brutal. Like I said, five minutes before we even got into the ring, they didn't even stay in the ring that long before they were back out and, and doing the same kind of thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, a great way to open Raw. Uh, really exciting. Um, yeah, I think this this ticked all the boxers, apart from the ridiculous ending.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. By the end of it, um, we had um, the executioner come in and attack Stone Cold, therefore causing the disqualification. Then afterwards, uh, we had the executioner, uh, Paul Bearer, and Mankind all ganging up on Stone Cold, which brings out the the Undertaker and which causes everyone to basically scatter like flies and then Stone Cold clotheslines Taker over the top rope. Taker comes back into the ring. Stone Cold turns tail and leaves. It's a very interesting way to, I don't know, kind of bridge some storylines, potentially build some new ones, continue some existing ones. It, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. But... I'm, I'm not really
3: sure. T- tell me what you think, Danny. Well, before I get into it, th- you guys missed the most important part of that little brawl outside. Do you know what it was? Oh, a, Re- a Rene Goulet sighting. Ah, uh, Goulet. Yes. ah. <laughs> it
2: Shout was out there. To the Wrestling Podcast and UTT <laughs> uh, Podcast. Yep. <laughs> Um,
3: he was there in uh, trying to split them up, but having no success. But no, it was uh, it was a really good uh, little match. Um, I think it went on for over ten minutes, didn't it? As the
2: whole uh, thing. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and and to your point about the the ending, I actually think that that ending makes a lot of sense. We we're still going to see Undertaker, and I think it's Executioner that they're building up to the the, the next uh, opponent for him, uh, but. It's, it's keeping on this character of Austin that he doesn't trust anybody and nobody can trust him. So even if you come out and save him, he's still going to... He's still going to attack you if you turn your back on him. And it also builds to those feuds that we're going to get further down the line between Undertaker and, and Stone Cold. So, yeah, I think that part, the the the, the definitive end of the match where uh, Taker gets back in the ring and Austin skulks out, I was happy with that. It was just a whole another Austin uh, disqualification uh, match when we, we didn't get a definitive win uh, from him. And I suppose it keeps Mankind hot as well because he doesn't get a, a clean victory but also we've still got a stone cold heart, especially after the couple of days of, uh, of wars he's been through. So it makes sense, but I would have preferred a clean win, I think.
1: Yeah. I think everybody typically prefers a clean win, but you know, if you look at it somewhat objectively, obviously everything between mankind and Taker isn't over, Mm -hmm. obviously by this, you know, um, reaction from the undertaker, but you just had Mankind lose to Taker. Paul Bear was able to escape, turn tail and run at the end of the match. And then you just have Stone Cold, who lost to Brett the Hitman Hart after being on a series of wins after winning King of the Ring. If you want, it, it makes the most sense, whether you like it or not, to do it this way because... You've already got two people who've already lost. You want to keep the heat on them, keep the heat building through the storyline. If you have Stone Cold Wind, then it puts mankind farther down. If you have Mankind Wind, it pushes Stone Cold down. And there's likely going to be another, I would think, Stone Cold Hitman match at some point.
2: You know it a very infamous one win, right. Win.
1: there's too much there's too much going here between the two of them. There was too much built up to just let it fall by the wayside like this. Mm. So while it may not have been the ending we wanted, I really do think it is the smart ending for the two of them for both mankind and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So it it worked out. it worked out. Mm-hmm. and we'll see where it goes from here. Um, afterwards we get shots, very dark, difficult to see shots that Ahmed Johnson is here. He is live in New Haven, Connecticut, and he's coming in through the crowd and taking a seat. The thing that caught me and really kind of bugged me is that between that and during the next match, Vince keeps saying he's got a ringside seat. No, he doesn't. Is no it, he doesn't it, that's the not really like, well maybe not quite in the nosebleeds but yeah. he's in the first you know level going up you know the, the first ascending level and it's like did...
3: go ahead oh no i was gonna say did you notice how bored he looked throughout uh, every time they shot back at him he just oh yeah looked so disinterested yeah, um, oh, yeah. And he it's was completely. signing autographs and, and things like that. He just he just looked like he'd rather be anywhere else but there. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it was really it was really kind of odd. And the fact that they kept saying ringside like that's I know ringside seats that ain't ringside seats, you know, but <sighs> I don't know. I don't know that it wasn't terrible, but it didn't quite rub me the right way. Then, of course, we've got Sunny coming out, coming out to uh, sit on commentary. Sonny is always great at commentary. And then we get this new nation of domination.
2: Mm. So what did you think of that? I mean, we spoke about it on last week's show, but what did what do you think of this sudden kind of change from Farouk, the the Spartan gladiator wearing his blue tinfoil helmet to now um Nation of Domination leader?
1: I will say of the two, I prefer Nation of Domination Farouk versus um, Gladiator yeah,
2: Farouk. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
1: <laughs> I do like the entrance music. I don't like the rapping thugs. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I it's nothing I can succinctly put my finger on. Like when Ron Killings came out, our truth, and was rapping, it worked. It was part of him. Mm-hmm. But these other two guys, it feels very forced.
2: Yeah, I think I think the the, the whole point of the two um the two lackeys is to make it sound like it's a faction when it's not a faction yet, if you right. understand what I mean. With it being called the Nation of Domination, that, that doesn't just say one wrestler. That says a group of wrestlers, and and that group isn't quite yet formed. Obviously, over the next like, weeks and months, we're going to see more members being added to that group, and it, those, uh, those uh, two lackeys kind of let like them fade away. But uh, I do get the point of why they're there, but they are annoying.
1: Yeah, I, I'll give you that. That that makes sense. But I don't, I just don't care for it. And then Sonny doing this whole thing on commentary between, oh, it, am I still managing him? Are we just friends? Does her and Clarence Mason have something worked out? I don't know. None of that feels right, I guess you could say. Like, just something about it, it's nah. Uh, I'll just put it that way. It's nah. I don't care for it. But then we got the match between Farouk and Savio Vega. We've talked ad nauseum about Savio Vega. I love Savio Vega. I really do. (sighs) I don't know that I completely cared for this match. You know, we got to a point where Ahmed Johnson came down, attacked the thugs, the lackeys, the henchmen, whatever you want to call them. took the two by four, started trying to clear house I'm, I'm just not a fan of this match. It wasn't terrible, but I, I'm there's something about it. I'm just, I'm not a fan.
2: Yep, yeah, I, I I agree. I, I like the, the little bit of in-ring work we got. I think, like we've said, uh, Salvio is one of the, the highlights of, of Raw whenever he's on in terms of in-ring. Uh, and I also did like the fact that Ahmed just didn't get involved because he's pissed off with Farouk. He actually got involved because... Uh, the nation domination started cheating, started hitting uh, Savio with the two two by four. So that's when he he piles into kind of like even up up the odds. Um, but yeah, it was this was just to keep that that uh, feud of Ahmed uh, versus Frug in in everyone's minds uh, with the with the kind of gimmick change and with Ahmed coming back from uh, from uh, essentially the the kidney issues. Um, it's it's reminding us that this feud isn't over, I suppose.
3: I was going to say, um, the uh, the promo that Ahmed cut after, I was really impressed by. He was really fired up. What did you guys mm-hmm. think of that?
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. He, you know, granted, he had to kind of start his own chant, but it worked. You know, a lot of times, especially as we look in the current modern era, audiences will just latch on to something and immediately start chanting it. Um <laughs> but that wasn't the case here. He kind of perpetuated his own chant, but yet the audience was behind him. I mean, this is the most audience interaction this feud has gotten in months. And it, and I think it really needed it in order to keep it fresh in the audience's mind. Most of what we see, we've seen have been interviews, backstage altercations, that kind of thing. So While it all felt, to some degree, kind of clunky and forced, it worked in the long run. I think, honestly, the promo that Ahmed cut at the end is what saved this whole segment right here. You know, Savio was, while he's wonderful, he was more of an afterthought for this. He was something to get the action moving, to get things perpetuated the way they needed to be. Because I think if... If the promo that he cut it, that Ahmed Johnson cut at the end would not have gone over like it did, this whole thing would have fallen flat completely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a testament to to Savio's role as as the the scar jabber, I suppose, keeps these uh, feuds going by being kind of the conduit. And you're right about the the whole feud; it's it it's essentially been carried once side with Farouk. Uh, being uh, at the live shows, and we've got Ahmed on VT, his chats with uh, with uh, Kevin Kelly, for example. So it has been kind of a one-way one, one way kind of uh, build to this feud. So it's good that Ahmed's back. We've seen him uh, um, kind of invested in the feud. The fans are behind him. So, yeah, I think him being back and, and saying, yep, this feud's not over, uh, you're going down, uh, I think that, that's got me re-excited to get to some conclusion to this feud. Definitely agree.
1: So after that, we got another Karate Fighters holiday tournament match between Sonny and Bob Backlund. And I hate to say it, be mad at me if you want, but this one worked. This was good. This was fun to watch for a quick little 30-minute, 30-second, not 30-minute, 30-second segment. It was kind of fun to watch because... While it is silly and stupid, and us as adults now can look back on it and just groan and cringe, Bob Backlund and Sonny are talking some major smack to each (laughs) other the whole time they're playing. And it made it fun. Like, they're serious. They're into it. I'm going to beat you. No, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to beat you. Bah, 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 bah. You know, the back and forth that made it fun as opposed to the other matchups that we've seen in the holiday tournament. And I don't want to, you know, I'm spending too much time on this, but I feel like the ones that we've seen before have just been like, I'm going to beat you.
0: No, I'm going to beat
1: you. And then they fight and nobody ever says anything other than the quote unquote ref. And then it's all over with, and nobody says anything. And these two took it almost like it was a, it may as well have been a serious in ring match and I have to give props to Sonny and Bob Backlund for this. They made it fun. I was like, man, I kind of want to play with karate fighters. It
2: might be kind of fun. You describing it was more fun than actually watching it for me. I, I thought, thought it was I thought it was incredible a cringe, especially Sunny's uh, uh showing off as she won. I thought that that she went from serious to childlike to serious to childlike so many times, it, it's unreal. But one thing I did notice, and it's interesting, from something we've uh, we've seen over the the previous episodes, you can tell that these were filmed in a block. Like obviously they are not live, so they filmed them all back to back. We've noticed over the last few weeks and months that sonny has got a real issue with Sable. Yeah, uh, and and we haven't really known where that issue is coming from. And but then we find out that her going through against Bob Blackham meant that she gets a semifinal match against Sable. So I think um she's carrying that kind of feud over in in, in the recordings of, of Raw from the, the original block taping of this karate fighters thing.
1: It could be. And it to me, before you said that, and I think that's a really, really good catch, to me, it was more like Sunny is the be all end all she is the woman of the WWF at the time she is the (laughs) most downloaded woman on the internet so to me any other woman is second best to her they don't deserve the attention so that's how I read it but for you to make a catch like that I think that's really good and I think there's some some plausibility to that I don't know what what do you think Danny
3: well, I really enjoyed Bob Becklin's high energy. Um it's it's no wonder he got that other world tower reign uh, a couple of years before this because um <laughs> I was just shocked. It wasn't he in his early forties here?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's just it's just amazing. But yeah, he um I, I enjoyed uh, the what the comebacks him and Sonny were um saying to each other and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: And then we got typical cringe king right there at the very beginning that oh, i thought was the
2: when funniest he, thing when he was rubbing the button because Sonny was gonna to touch the button that was weird
1: or something like that and he said yeah. something and i, I can't uh, remember yeah. the guy that
3: was hosting it, with him uh, he said um i wrote it down he said i love the way Sonny t- can twist the knob and
1: oh, yeah, oh, and the other guy's
2: yeah, like, oh. okay, well, on to the match. Yeah, I no
1: redeeming that whatsoever. That's the only way you could.
2: Is the other guy, Pettengill? I think it's Tom. Yeah, Pettengill.
1: Pettengill just like, he just, he's looking at King and then he just turns like, <laughs> okay, up. so let's get on with that. Uh, yeah.
2: I threw up in my mouth a little bit <laughs> then. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was <laughs> disgusting. On with the match. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean really, that's the only way you could have handled that with grace and dignity and just all right, I'm gonna let you stew in your own shit. You can figure <laughs> that out. I'm not even. <laughs> wow. I feel dirty all over again.. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it was actually a fun segment. it it you know,
2: you're wrong it, but there we go. Uh,
1: it, it was a fun segment. it it made me somewhat interested. To see, you know, it made me the 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 goal of these types of things, because they are marketing to kids, is to make kids want to play with the toys. That's
2: I want I as an adult want to play with those those toys. I would like some karate fans right now. Right. I don't I don't It'd want to fun. see this match ever again.
1: No, no, but it, it would be fun. i I'd, I'd take you on, Max. I'll whip your butt in Karate Fighters.
2: And I promise I will not do any uh, Jerry Lawler jokes. Oh, I love how you twist that. the knob, Ugh. Ori. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so let's move on. After that, we got what I originally thought was the new Rockers, but it's actually Bob Holly and Leif Cassidy mm-hmm. versus Doug Furness and Philip Lafon. Oh,
2: this... So- are we just skipping over Vince McMahon having an absolute masturbator on over Sean Michaels?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what the whole point of that. He's section a man's was man.
2: Yes, because he, he's a douchebag. And yes, he's a politicking bastard, but he is a man's man.
1: That's the oh, thing that got God. me about that whole thing. Oh, God. Okay. Man
2: loves big
1: sweaty man. Let's let's unpack it just a little bit because you get this shot of Sid, and it seems like they're gonna go to an interview and then they go through this whole thing.
2: The best part of that, Sid, I, I could not, because of this show, I could not get out of my head doing a JR impression when Sid's doing the, the bicep curls. By God, Sid, rub some barbecue sauce into those Aww. muscles. Cheese <laughs> <Jeez> Louise. <laughs> or if you're feeling spicy, by God, some ranch dressing. <laughs> <sighs> the
3: ranch dressing never goes away, does it?
2: <laughs> it's never going to go away.
3: Just, just going back to that Vince McMahon uh, spiel there. I mean, uh, there's always been those rumors about Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels and things like that, but that was uh, that was on another level. I wasn't ready for that from Vince.
1: <laughs> it was very weird because sometimes it seemed like he was complimenting Michaels, and then sometimes it seemed like he was putting him down. I'm like, dude, pick a side.
2: Like, we all know he's a ladies man, but yeah. he's <laughs> masturbated me. In the, I mean, he's a man's man.
1: <laughs> it was really, it felt really weird because it's like he's trying to put him down, but at the same time, he's trying to talk about, well, he's really a good guy. He does all these bad things, but at the heart of the matter, he's a really good guy. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, are you trying to transition him into like a questionable heel, a questionable face, Like, the whole thing was very convoluted to me. And then you have uh, King out there with him, and it it, it just felt clunky. I don't understand. The whole segment about them talking about this specific match felt like something was supposed to happen that wasn't able to happen for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and they were just... It going be, off the cuff to fill time. Yeah.
2: It was meant to be a double turn at Survivor Series. Uh, when uh, Sid hits uh, uh, Lothario with the camera, that's meant to be the start of him turning heel. And then Sean um, wanted to to make sure Lothario is, is fine rather than win the match. That was meant to be his kind of face turn. And it didn't pan out because Sid was still getting cheered. The fans absolutely adored Sid. So this was kind of more booking on the fly to make Sean feel sympathetic that he, uh, for all his politicking, he still did the right thing and looked after his, his, uh, his, uh, mentor, um, and the fact that we're probably going to revisit this match because vince uh tagged on right at the end uh oh i love sean i i want to kiss him all over and by the way that's why he's got a title that's going to have a rematch very very soon oh, uh, and then geez. you and then the the kind of interview segments and and vignettes with uh sid bullying jr that was to push him as a heel uh, essentially so yeah, I think they were trying to double down on what they hoped had been successful at Survivor Series, and that was a double turn that Sid would be the the big bad heel and Shawn Michaels would be the 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 vulnerable face.
1: Yeah, I I really don't feel like it worked well.
2: No, no it didn't. No, <laughs> it just felt like Vince McMahon was literally masturbating under the table whilst commenting on on Shawn Michaels. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: He's a stop, man's stop. man. No, stop, 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 oh. stop. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Please. Ugh. So we, after that weird Look clunky at the segment.
2: Of grapefruits. Stop it.
0: He's, Louise. He's a genetic
2: jackhammer. <laughs> Whenever you join done, The man. Vince Your Man Kiss My Ass Club anytime he wants.
3: I just wanted to quickly say, it didn't. I'm sure it was somewhere in an interview in the early 2000s. Vince McMahon said that uh, Shawn Michaels reminds him of himself uh, when he was that age. But so maybe that's more of his uh, favoritism is headed.
1: Mm-hmm. I, mm, I had a really bad thought about that. We're not going to go there.
2: We're not going to go there. Mm-mm. This has gone down You have made this show go off the rails. Me? <laughs> No, Danny. Oh, I apologize. Wait a minute. Wait
1: a minute. You can't put that on Danny. (laughs) This show's been off the rails for a long time. (laughs) Let's just be honest about that. We can't put that on Danny. Poor Danny.
2: We should have just let Ori skip over this section. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, it's worth
1: talking. In some ways, it is worth talking about, but in other ways, it's just kind of like.
2: Yeah, it's just weird for as creepy as it was. Um, it was to double down on on Sean being uh, becoming a face,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we'll come back. I have more thoughts about that, but it has more to do with the end of the show. We'll come back to that. So, in the meantime, we got what I felt like was kind of the best match on the card, and it still wasn't great. Um, the match between Bob Holly and Leaf Cassidy and Fur- Furnace at Lafon. Of course, Furnace and Lafon were so successful in Survivor Series. Um, Owen and Davey Boy Smith, British Bulldog and Clarence Mason, they are not happy about this. They feel like it's a fluke. It wasn't a true tag team match, even though it was a four on four. So, you know, in a regular match, they could never beat us. So we'll potentially see that match up at some point soon. Um I was really kind of surprised how well Bob Holly and Leaf Cassidy, although we all know him as Al Snow, how well they seem to work together. They seem to be on the same page. We've never seen the two together. I was kind of surprised that um, Marty Janetti was not out there with him for whatever reason. I don't know if we got an explanation as to yeah, why so it was Holly and Cassidy. Psh.
2: Yeah, so uh, when we covered uh, Survivor Series 96 uh, last week, um, we commented about how uh, Jeanette looked like he picked up an injury. Um, it yeah, was, uh, it did look... His knee a lot.
1: Yeah, so, I noticed that um, as I was watching, you know, he was very slow to move to the back. He, he had gone out at one point, tagged Cassidy in, and it looked like it was due to injury. They brought mm-hmm. him back in just enough to get the pin, and let and then just let him hobble to the back. You yeah, know, didn't send good. anybody else to out to help him or anything. It it did not look good. So that that would make sense as to why it was Bob Holly and Leaf Cassidy as opposed to um
2: but, but with Bob Olin and um Norby that's actually uh, they end up being a part of a faction later on down the line called the Job Squad. So it's essentially the the beginning of the job squad And, and what I actually I really enjoyed about uh about Lee Cassidy's role in this is he wasn't trying to be um like a rocker in this match. This was more yeah. him being. A, this was the 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 straps on his on his singlet were down already. He was ready to essentially kick some ass. This was him being more like Al Snow than it was him being Leafcaster. I thought that that was a an interesting take. That. He kind of like takes on the persona of his partner almost. Like when he's with Marty, he's happy-go-lucky. He's trying to be a rocker. And then when he's with Bob Holly, he's a, a bruiser. He tries to be a bruiser as well. Kind of almost like um, Damien Sandow, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I could see that. It, it just worked. It worked really well. Um, I I really liked the match.
2: Um, Did you see the the goof at the beginning though? So when um, the job squad came down, um, Captain Lou Albano actually came out with them and then realized, oops, yeah, I'm not meant to be with these, so I'll hold back a little bit, let them get to the ring. And then he waited for Furnace and LaFont to come out out with them.
1: I missed that. I missed that completely. And then apparently he did well or somebody did good at distraction because – I didn't notice him until he came out afterward. And then he goes to <laughs> he goes to the Spanish announce desk. And like the announcers are like, Do you speak Spanish? And he's like, see, sí, see, sí. no, no, see, <laughs> sí, no. And like it, King's like, Oh, he's multilingual. I'm like, Yeah, I don't know have about that had, one, Chief.
3: Have you
2: heard of uh, why he was there? I have a little backstory.
1: No, well, please, on. by all means.
2: Oh, I know he. I know would just been put in the hall of fame.
3: Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. uh, So on, uh, I think it was Bruce Pritchard's show, um, he would say that uh, oftentimes, uh, because Vince wasn't backstage, they would send uh, Lou Albano out as a rib to annoy Vince McMahon. So I can see Vince McMahon just probably pointing to the Spanish announce table and saying, go over there, go over there, because he would do this quite regularly. Wow. Uh, Lou Albano That's just show up and just randomly just uh annoy Vince McMahon.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine like him it? It. just covering his mark and then speaking to Gorilla? What the fuck's Lou Albano doing out here again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking sick of this shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I li- look <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have my own issues with Vince McMahon. I, I you know I think he's very knowledgeable. He's very smart. He's very creative. He's done a lot for this industry, and you can't take that away from him. But the idea of someone annoying him like that just for funsies, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. No. Let's go annoy the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I, come here, let's put a, some, some. we'll put some ponytails in your hair and clip some beads around them. Come on, boss. We'll get some nice colorful rubber bands for your hair. I think that's great. After we get this match, um, Furnace and LaFon do pick up the win. Um, After we get this match, Sid comes out and then we get a little inset that they are selling pieces of the top rope from Survivor Series, which I thought was a little odd.
0: Apparently Vince is very
1: hard up for money.
2: <laughs> it reminded me so much of when. Do you remember when uh, All In happened and they they started selling the ring, uh, yeah. the corner pads, and then cutting up the ring and into squares? It reminded me of that kind of thing, that like very indie style, like how to make uh, extra money off, on the top of the match. Not a WWE thing at all. I forgot that they did this uh, total. I mean, who the fuck wants a piece of the ring from the nineteen ninety six Survivor Series? Nobody. That couldn't. That can't could have sold.
1: I, I can't imagine that it sold very much either. <laughs> and, like and All the, but, In made sense because at that point in time. It was as massive. far as yeah. we knew, yeah, it was massive. It was the first big independent promotion that had ever happened. And we had no idea how things would turn out. We had no idea that AEW was going to be a thing. We didn't even know, despite the amount of tickets sold in such a short time, we didn't know if we'd ever see anything like that again. So for me, that kind of made sense. But they have a pay-per-view every four weeks. So why was Survivor Series so big other than Michael's loss to Sid, and it was in Madison Square Garden, and it was Brett uh, Bret the Hitman Hart's first match back against Stone Cold in five months. Sure. I mean, now it would probably make sense to have and be worth a little bit of money, mm-hmm. but at the time, I... I what are you paying? $39.99, $59.99?
2: Yeah, I think it was fifty nine ninety nine and shipping. But what tickled me about it was they, they had a picture of Sid, uh, and they, they made it clear that this is not the actual photo. Like and we can't make it abundantly clear enough that this will <laughs> not be the photo of Sid that we use. Anyway, I found one on eBay and they sell oh. for they sell for a thousand pounds. So for wow. so like twelve hundred dollars. Wow.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's not the red rope; sense. it's
2: the blue rope as well. Which,
1: oh, that's weird because they—I yeah. remember the the commercial said specifically it was going <laughs> to be a piece of the top rope,
2: and right? It's, <laughs> and yeah, and it said there was a limited edition. Uh, there was uh, two thousand five hundred. The one that I have got on eBay now is was number forty-four. So at sixty dollars a pop, at two two thousand five hundred, they're not even making that much money. <laughs> I mean. This is a, a syndicated program on national TV in America, and they are pimping it to sell two and a half thousand bits of tat.
3: <laughs> they was chaining it like um, pieces of Noah's Ark or something <laughs> yeah, like that.
2: <laughs> and it was the shitty <laughs> the one of the worst survivor series ever. <laughs> Who the shark wants that rope? No. It, it's so
1: weird. It's 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 a very weird, weird, weird thing. I mean, I get that it's MSG. It's historic. Michael's dropped the belt to Sid after a long run. It makes a little bit of sense. But at the same time, it's just, so anyway, we get back to the ring. Sid's out there. Jim Ross has joined him. We find out we're going to get in your house on December 15th in West Miami Beach, Florida. Um, And, JR starts to ask him about the match in and of itself. um, If he feels bad about what happened to Jose Lothario. Sid says when Jose stepped up on the ring, he put himself in the game and he Mm -hmm. put a target on himself. You know, you don't put yourself in the game. But it was really kind of funny that the way Sid was phrasing all of that. I'm like, the game? Where have I heard this before? It just seemed really strange. Um, but he will accept a rematch from Michaels. So that will potentially happen. And then JR goes on to ask him about his matchup at In Your House against Brett the Hitman Hart, because that match between him and Stone Cold was a number one contenders match. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls Brett Brettman, Hitman. There were a couple of little verbal flubs that Sid had in here. But for his character, I think it really kind of works. Um, He was very repetitive. But this was the thing that caught me about this. And this is the thing that I wanted to mention. While the crowd is somewhat behind him, the thing that caught me during this whole interview segment in the ring is that typically when you have a crowd that is so hot behind someone, whether they're the champion, whether they're a big face uh, or heel, a contender is that anytime they typically end a sentence and it's something dynamic, the crowd will pop fairly big. And the pops behind Sid's statements felt very, very small. Mm -hmm. They, while they popped huge, when he first came out, they were loud, they were excited, they were energetic. During the actual promo, they, it felt to me like they died down a lot. Not that they're not behind Sid, but maybe some of the shine is wearing off. They're fine with him being world heavyweight champion. That's not an issue. But it's almost like he's not, now that he has that championship belt, it, he's not as compelling. And so, to me, I mean, it may have sounded completely different live and in person than it did the way it translated on screen to me. But they did; it didn't feel like they were as fully invested and behind him as I would have expected them to be for as much as we've seen the crowd be behind Sid since he showed up. So I don't know if it's a case of they waited too late to put the belt on Sid or you give the fans what they want and they really, they decide okay, this isn't as great as I thought it would be. I don't know what the disconnect is or the deal is here, but something about it just, you know, how is it we've had this belt on him for less than 24 hours or maybe just at 24 hours and people are already, okay, on to the next one. You know, yeah. they are already feel like they're falling off the bandwagon to me.
2: I, I get that. And I think, I think it's more the fact that he's – Promo work is nonsensical at the best of times. So you you give him something pretty simple to say and the crowd can, can vibe along with it or you give him a five-minute match and the, and the crowd are into it. When when he has uh, extended mark time, it's hard to understand what he's talking about uh, a lot of the time. Like you said, he mentioned about the game and it, it's almost like he had a kind of thread of how he wanted the conversation to go in his head but between it being in his brain and then coming out of his mouth, it, there's this there's, there's something that gets lost in translation and that doesn't come over to the crowd well enough. And they sat there thinking, should I be cheering now? Should I be booing? I don't get what point he's trying to make, but he's stopped talking. So maybe that's, yay, nay. Mm. Uh, and plus he's going through all this kind of switching from being um, a face to a heel and the crowd loved him all the way up to him being um being uh, uh winning the title so there is a, a disconnect from well we back you for being there why are you now suddenly being a douchebag uh we we don't understand that so maybe it's uh it's uh, the amalgamation of a uh, quite a few uh scenarios that that is making him look look ridiculous as champion because he should be loving the crowd now the crowd should be loving him because they've got the person who they wanted as champion but he's now turning his promos don't make sense um he's been a, a douchebag so yeah i think it, there's a there's a lot of factors at play here but you are right, it, it it does feel like we haven't got the champion that we thought we was going to get
1: well i mean i think at the same time there's something to, to be said for the, the type of character that he's playing. It's a very convoluted character. We've seen this character multiple times over the years where they're a little there's a screw loose. They're, they're a little unhinged. Mm-hmm. So the stream of consciousness and thought in the way he speaks uh, or in his actions would make sense for his character. But at the same time, you have to play that in a very smart way that makes sense to the audience. And I don't think that there was quite enough time to build that between Sean and Sid to fully get the crowd to turn the way they wanted to. Like, yeah, we've had the the issues between Sean and Sid where they're friends, but, you know, Bulldog and Owen are creating issues to create that that level of distrust and things like that. And so because he is an unhinged character, he's psycho, you know, or whatever, it would make sense that he would attack Jose Lothario, whether he's a heel, whether he's a face or he's Mm -hmm. just unhinged. And so, you know, we've seen it. Brian Pillman is a wonderful example because he is absolutely unhinged. He plays himself very unhinged, but he does it in such a smart way that it both plays into the audience and panders to the audience and and works. And I don't think. I don't know if it's Sid or the way that they're setting him up. Does that make sense that there's a very there's very much a disparity there to where they're trying to make that heel turn, make Michaels look more of a face, which is kind of weird to me that they're forcing that. Because we, we've we had this conversation a few times when we had that early interview between, I believe, him and Kevin Kelly on the waterfront, me and you and Tanner talked about it, where some of his answers you know, he's meant to be a face. He's been, quote unquote, a face this entire time. But now they're trying to push it more for whatever reason. However, his answers in some of that interview, especially referring to Brett the Hitman Hart, weren't completely face-like, you know. And so it's all very convoluted, I guess is the right word.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's harking back to wrestling of old, though, um, when the the big, muscly, kind of carved-out-of-granite character is genuine, generally always the heel. Uh, it's always the right. kind of plucky, smaller, kind of uh, the, the David. The, in the yeah, Yeah, who, who's always the face. So right. um, I think that's the... They, they went with Sid as the face all the way through, hoping to get that double turn. And when that didn't work, it was booking on the fly. How do we get him to be the heel that he sh- looks like he should be um, in the quickest way possible? And it, it just didn't translate well enough. Over the, the next coming weeks, it may work better with him uh, being more and more heelish, I suppose, but um, time will tell. Danny? Any
3: final thoughts on this match, Danny? Um, yeah, it was a really good uh, way to uh, end the show because it kind of continued, uh, made you want to tune in for next week. Um, I've always been a fan of like ending a wrestling show on a talking point rather than a match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really enjoyed this. And uh, what Sid said, like you said, it, it just it, it just went off into the rails, didn't it, a bit. And um
1: yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. But next week we have a whole new Raw, a whole new set of matchups. Any final thoughts on the show overall?
2: It, it was not the best of Raw's. Um, it was certainly not the worst of Raw's. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion in, in uh, where they're going with this this main uh, title picture. It seems that uh, Sean's in the picture still, but then Brett's in the picture. Um the original uh, storyline, I think, was meant to be Vader in the picture. That's why we're going into its time as a as a perp. rather obviously that would have be been Vader's uh, kind of catchphrase. Um, but the more uh, Stone Cold on the screen for me, the better. Uh, him, him, and Mankind. I thought they were a really good start to the show, and it kind of petered out at the end. But we've seen worse, so I'm I'm excited that we we're, we we getting to that point where we're seeing decent wrestling now on, on raw rather than um, one star matches all across the board.
1: Yeah. It definitely feels like we're taking a turn more into that. You know, we're, we're in the curve, we're going into the curve. We haven't fully made that 90 degree turn, but we're, we're starting to, to get more
3: into that um, attitude era. Danny, any final thoughts? Yep, it was just a really easy show to watch. I was glad when I clicked on it to see it was only forty something minutes, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm not used to um, in these days. But um, yeah, it was actually it was action packed. You can say that. I mean, wrestling wasn't the best, but um, oh, not the finishes. But I mean, it kept you watching, especially uh liked how they kept uh, hyping up this Sid in interview but then it only lasted under five minutes so <laughs> but um yeah I
2: mean I mean would you want a 10 minute Sid in interview though? I actually would you know oh Jesus
3: <laughs> Jesus Sid Vicious was uh, I mean I still remember um videotape I used to have uh, it was uh, W Uncensored 2000 and it had Sid Vicious on the cover and I remember having that as a very young age and I was thinking that's one of my favorite wrestlers so yeah. um yeah I would actually like um that's why I keep calling him Sid Vicious I apologize but no
1: <laughs> so, nah, um, it's look w- that's the thing when you watch back on these you know so a lot of these guys have been around the industry for so long that it's still hard sometimes for me to call Al Snow Leaf Cassidy mm. you know we've seen so many different incarnations of people who've been in this business 20 and 30 years that trying to to keep up and stay okay we are in this moment in 1996 it is this person and trying to have that comparison um, it's like I've said before it's interesting when you have people like Stone Cold like Triple H, al snow see where they started from how they got to be where they are to see that dichotomy and it's it's actually a lot of fun but it's 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 hard sometimes when you have to call them hunter hearst helmsley no it's triple h it's in my head it's triple h and it'll always be triple h you know it i have a hard time seeing bob holly without bleach blonde buzz cut it's really weird to me
2: so it, it it takes all my effort to call diesel diesel and not cared
1: yeah oh that's that's a huge one (laughs) like i I can't look at him and not see kane and it just Mm -hmm. makes me like it makes me chuckle a little bit but like not like a funny chuckle just like this is absolutely ridiculous to see kane as diesel because that's who he is cemented in my mind for the Mm -hmm. he can be the mayor of wherever tennessee he's still frigging Kane. Mm. it's just it's really really weird so next week we'll have raw season four episode 46 um and i believe it will be danny's turn to host next week is danny gonna be with us next week
2: if danny wants to be with us next week um that, yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm blown away by that to be honest
3: <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely mm, we we're going to get it. some more people in here at some point um but we're going to stick with danny we like danny
2: thank it, you it's been brilliant um, yeah and uh, as we uh as we uh, kind of like uh, write off this episode and do and do the, the social media i, I want to give danny a, a massive uh thanks he's um really been a star uh in in this uh period with with Tanner i uh, needing to take some time away. Um I reached out to Danny and, and asked if he wanted to be on the show and yeah he, he he essentially agreed straight away and yeah we we are so grateful that you've you have uh come and uh filled Tanner's shoes yeah and we, we massively appreciate you thanks for it thanks for all you've done. Did he Thank
1: fill you.
2: Tanner's shoes or did he fill Tanner's boots? Well, that that in the, that in the UK is two different things.
1: <laughs> uh, well, oh, yeah, plans. you're you're right, you're right, you're right. I mean, where else are we going to keep Tanner? Hey. That's where right. Tanner really is. He doesn't need time off. We've stuffed him in a boot. Just hiding him out for a little while. No, we're kidding. We love Tanner.
2: We you were, you were just digging and digging. And I know. Digging that hole deeper then.
1: <laughs> I, listen, here's the thing. We give Tanner a lot of grief, and I say that a lot, but I, I do legitimately miss Tanner when he's not around. You know,
4: he's I fun. Really t- I have
2: him to pick on grief. him when he's
1: not here to defend himself. It's more fun. <laughs>
2: He may be enjoying the break and thinking, "I don't have to suffer the abuse from from those two idiots every week." Until <laughs> I'm I'm not coming back.
1: <laughs> or he'll come back and boot, y'all will boot me off for a little while. We'll have somebody else in here, <laughs> and then y'all will abuse me ad nauseum, which will I will I will have rightly deserved at this point.
2: <laughs> uh, absolutely not true. Absolutely not true.
1: All right, so let's get on out of here. Danny, where can everybody find you?
3: Yep, you can find me on Twitter, at Scottish ScottishJuggalo. I may not sound Scottish, but trust me, I am, uh, where I just do various videos of uh, funny moments in wrestling or dangerous moments in wrestling and just tag just about everybody. So, yep, you can find me on there, and that's mainly it, or uh, on any other podcast that's um, in need of a guest. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely. If you are in need of a guest, hit up our buddy Danny yeah. at Scottish
2: book Danny.
1: That's it. That's it. Uh, Mags, where can we find you, my dear?
2: So you can find me on Twitter down here, even though I'm pointing and it's not recorded for video, at Podfather Mags. Um, I am all over the shopping terms of content. I've had a, a couple of days break to recharge the batteries and uh Spent some quality time with uh, Mrs. Mags, but I'm back on with Chain Wrestling and with um, the Midweek Mainstay. And Badlands is back with uh, me, Ray, and uh, and, and Paul. That's a a lot of great fun. The Volley. Um, So, yeah, I am all over the shop. Five rounds for UFC as well. So, yeah, uh, anywhere you can get a podcast, you can hear my horrific voice.
1: Just pull up any podcast. More than likely, you'll be there. Uh,
2: Inventor yeah. podcast, record your first episode and you'll find that I'll be in the background as a guest.
1: Right there, right there. Along. <laughs> He's the pub father. He's got to do it. You can find me, Ori the draw at Ori the draw on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and Twitch. Trying to get back into the swing of things on, on Twitch. Um, it's been difficult with me starting a new job. Um, lots of changes for us. Mm-hmm. the the end of this year good changes but lots of changes going on with us but you can definitely find me on any of those places and I think that's about it, you guys. Yeah, and
2: I, and I want to give you kind of brushed over them, but I do want to give a, a shout out for for your TikTok, um, especially <laughs> especially the, the 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 daily meds checks. Uh, I think that's that's really important. And if you um, if if you have uh, issues uh, with with your mental health or with medication in general definitely go and give Ori a follow on, on, on TikTok. And um, yeah, she's, she's brilliant to follow. I,
1: I try to do those every day. Um, I do one in the morning, one in the evening, because I am terrible about remembering to take my medication I, I, and I have too many issues to forget to take my medication. And so those are duetable. If you want a visual accountability that says yes I did take my medicine because not only am I horrible about remembering to take it, I'm also horrible remembering, did I actually take it? So it's a nice little visual reminder that, Hey, yeah, I took care of myself today and, you know, did what I was supposed to in order to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so we all should treat ourselves a lot more gently should also, you know, treat ourselves with some kindness. And I try to give, you know, some uplifting words and thoughts and, be proud of ourselves that we did what we need to do to take care of ourselves. So, but that's going to do it for us today, this week, guys. Thank you so much for coming along on this journey. Don't forget you can catch all of our podcasts, uh, all of our back shows, as well as other amazing content on the cheershot.com or Cheershot Radio Network, wherever you get your podcast, check out the bandwagon nerds, Lucha Central Weekly. Good lord, there's so many podcasts on there, and there's new ones every time I get a notification from Spotify. It feels like it's a new, a new podcast. There's so much great content. Miranda Morales, Greg, Patrick, Patrick. Some, That's who I was yeah. trying to think of. My brain just went
2: <laughs> Tony Platt, Ray. Yep. Um, yeah, there's some. Well, I, I, I <laughs> read people's cocktails, but yeah, it's, it's great being involved with, uh, with. Uh, Cheer shot, it's great to be involved in, with uh, Tech as well. I've been blessed to have two amazing teams to to be involved with. So, yeah, absolutely. Amazing.
1: And Cheershot does have merch. If you're interested in that, you can go to prowrestlingtees. Dot, Pro dot com forward slash the cheershot. Pick up an awesome shirt, including a Cheershot three sixteen shirt, which mm-hmm. I have. I love it. It's wonderful. I got it in soft style. Because the Queen of Self-Style, Miss Miranda Morales, the Twitterless heroine, and all the other... Miranda Morales, first of her name,
2: and all. She's absolutely amazing as well. She really
1: is. I I really enjoy listening to Badlands
2: And while we're watching, she's such a sweetheart
1: she seems like it i I do follow her on instagram she seems wonderful i hope i get the pleasure at some point to meet or speak with her so but that's going to do it for it for today you guys thank you so much for following along and don't forget always use your head